we kick off this action-packed episode of Merge Conflict, let's take a quick second to thank our amazing sponsor this week, Sync Fusion. Listen, Sync Fusion has been with us from the start, and they'll be with you from the start to the very end because they have the world's best UI component suite for building absolutely anything, web, desktop, mobile, and so much more. Whether you're building web apps with Blazor, ASP.NET Core, Angular, React View, or mobile apps with .NET MAUI, Flutter, Xamarin, UWP, JavaScript, or desktop apps with WinForms, WPF, or anything else, they have awesome things for you. Whether it's charts, graphs, widgets, gadgets, gizmos, all the things, data grids, pop-ups, PDF viewers, shimmer effects, avatar views, data forms, they got everything you need. Head over to syncfusion.com forward slash merge conflict to learn more about Syncfusion and all their awesome controls and all the awesome things that they have available to you. That's syncfusion.com forward slash merge conflict. And thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. Frank, 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 guess what? It's Microsoft build time. Not yet, just kidding, but the sessions are available. And guess what, Frank? There's a whole .NET track. <laughs> Wonderful. Applause, applause. Bravo, bravo. Um, not to build to you, to you're singing there um okay so we are we're doing a big conference huh it's usually we do what a review of the conference at the end but it, it's always a good sign of uh what are what are they presenting what does microsoft think is important and <laughs> I, I see cloud native development with .NET 8 is right at the top so i'm sorry i'm sorry all things client and mobile app development with .NET is right at the top so perfect <laughs> no, there's a, there's a whole, there's, there's actually really the session builder. I'm real excited about this year because, uh, as folks know, I work at Microsoft and I specifically got to really be a little bit more inside scoop of a lot of how a lot of this was working this year. There's actually like a programming language drop down. There's a C sharp button there. If you actually just say C sharp, there's 73 of them there. So you can see there's a lot of C sharp, a lot of Python, a lot of JavaScript, but there's also under topics, you'll see there's developer tools and .NET and low code and Windows and data platform and cloud, all that stuff. But click on .NET and boom, 22 glorious sessions, um, digital and in-person, some of them both, by the way, too, uh, as well, which is really, really cool. But yeah, there's a lot of good, cool stuff on here. Yeah, and that's the .NET MAUI session by all, all things client and mobile development with .NET. That is the .NET MAUI session, just in case you were curious, right? <laughs> I, you can always tell when you see Maddie and David there. It's it's yeah. you know what you, you know what you're in for. I I'm getting uh 13 digital C sharp sessions right now. Uh, does that mean I don't have to pay anything to see them? Is that what uh, that means? Well, let me tell you, um, our little. This is not sponsored or paid for by Microsoft Build, but you should totally register at build.microsoft.com because it's free. Um, you can get a digital all access pass for free. Uh, and then just like in the past, right? And then you can get access to basically anything <laughs> that's digital. Yeah. So when you tap yeah. on digital, you'll have access to a bunch of the stuff. Some of the stuff that's not digital, for example, are like the workshops or labs or some things that are like demos, uh, different in-person things. I'm not sure exactly what the difference between a demo and a breakout is. Maybe it's in a different area, you know, like they kind of have those demo areas and things like that. So uh, yeah, definitely check that out, but you can get access to all that stuff on demand and in person. And yeah, you can just click on digital and you can add them to your bucket and you can watch the stuff live. And there's all sorts of good stuff uh, on there. Yeah, the cloud native one, I know all about that. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, 
there's a lot of stuff about, you know, what's new, you know, going on C sharp 12, which they just dropped the first preview features of C sharp 12. Um, so a lot of good stuff on there, but specifically talking about build, build.microsoft.com, go register. There's a session that is pertinent to our topic today, Frank Krueger, which is the <laughs> deep dive into .NET performance with um, and native AOT, and specifically the native AOT bit, because you, Frank, stumbled upon something quite glorious. Oh, yes, quite glorious. But I'm a little bit sad that we're not talking about what's new in C-sharp 12 and beyond. Poor Mads. Poor Mads has to do a C-sharp talk every year now. <laughs> that language is moving too fast, C-sharp 12. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know me. All, all I care about is speed, performance of code, and all that kind of stuff. So I think I saw a tweet, a blog article, a something where people have been working on the native AOT in .NET 8. And this is a weird corner case. It's a weird benchmark, everyone. I get it. But it still excites me because they've gotten the Hello World app, minimal console app, you know, .NET new console. And they've gotten that down to small enough to fit on an old-fashioned floppy disk. Not too old-fashioned, about mid-fashioned, because they've gotten it to about 1.44 megabytes in size. And I think it's incredible for a few reasons. I, I kind of want to get into them, but we'll, we'll talk about the other things too. Um, but mostly, you know, I've been, you and I, we've been doing AOT for a long time now in .NET through the Xamarin and Mono stack. And I remember like the initial app sizes were like six or eight megabytes. And then they somehow, after years and years of work, they got down to like three to four megabytes. And then Xamarin Forms came out and we threw it all out the window. But we did get down to about three and a half megabytes at one point. And so it's pretty impressive to see, even though it's just a console app, down to a tiny wee size. Yeah. And if you look specifically at January's update from Macau, um, Michael, Macau, I'm going to say Michael, I should know he works at Microsoft. Uh, he had an update, which was bringing the size of hello world under two megabytes. So <laughs> we have trimmed nearly 25% in four months, three months, something like that, <laughs> which is quite incredible in all regards. I mean, and the next thing I can only think about is they're like, well, let's get it down to, you know, uh, what would you, there's the, there's the, there's the full floppy, but then wasn't there like the, the early floppy that was like half of that, like it was like 700 oh, yeah. kilobytes, right? No, I think the smallest one was like 360. Then we got, that was like single density. Then we got double density at 720. 720 doubled to 1.44 megabytes. Mm -hmm. So it was, I think that was the progression, but man, those are some old brain cells I'm accessing there. Um, it, this, this is fun stuff. Be <laughs> Mostly because that rapid progress there's always a reason it's not just to fit these things on the floppy and in this case i think there was a little bit of competition with the rust people and dot net wanted to show that with their uh compiler technology that they could get down to uh rust levels of size so good job competition good job bragging rights and all that but yeah it, it's it's fun to see a dev just kind of go crazy just bringing the file size down especially when you look into the details of how it was accomplished yeah i think that's what's really neat about it is that yeah you can definitely go and you see every single pull 
pull requests that went into this specific effort, effort and some that didn't actually, and they can kind of see the notes and like why they went in, why they didn't go in and what the size difference is on even some of them as well, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And, um, one of them, you mind if I go down a little quick rabbit hole here for a second? Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend, equality comparer. I know, you know, this one, you've used the equality comparer before. Mm-hmm. I do. In fact, the equality compare is a root, um, um, fundamental staple in MVVM code for doing property change notifications. Yeah. And, in, and, in, in concept, it's kind of a great idea. There's like, um, I think there's usually you want to provide a way if you didn't need to do, uh, equality checks between objects, the objects can, uh, do it themselves, but you don't want to rely on that or you want to make it overridable. So you want to provide a compare, but then you also want to make it convenient. So then you use this terrible thing called the equality comparer generic. And that thing is a monster. It is a generic type that has to do all sorts of honestly crazy things with different uh, types passed to it. In the .NET IL world, it's all it's all groovy. It's fine. It 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 works. The runtime can handle it. It can do all the crazy things that Equality Comparer needs. But when you start AOTing code. Mm. where ahead of time you have to know all the crazy things a quality comparer is going to do life gets hard and it gets so hard that we've we've had it it works it (laughs) wasn't immediate it didn't come out in the first versions of hammer ios it took a while to get there but we got it and it worked but boy oh boy is it slow because it has to do a whole lot of jumping around and this and that in order to make sure the right code is getting called for the right kinds of objects and things like that. And so I learned a big lesson in high performance code and things that mattered on iOS to avoid equality comparer generic (laughs) at all possible costs. And one downside of using F sharp on iOS was F sharp loves it. It's used everywhere. And so a lot of F-sharp code by default, a lot of the default code just is a little bit slow because of my friend Equality Compare. All that's to say, uh, it's plaguing the .NET team also. (laughs) The the first thing on uh, this PR is uh, improve Equality Compare for native AOT. (laughs) Because that thing, it's a simple interface, but my goodness, the things it has to do in the background are just tremendous. Yeah, it's really fun to look at this code because this is core runtime code that's that's being executed. And um, there's like the the co- code gen and they're, they often show like, here's what was code gen, here's what's new, and here's how it can be looked at. And here's the speed implications and do we lazy load. So it's, it's very fascinating to actually just watch the engineers and read like their conversations back and forth. And does this have other implications? Like, sure, it made it smaller, but did it do it about in the non-AOT or what about in this aspect of it? And that's sort of all down the line that you sort of see in all these different pull requests. So it's kind of cool to see that check off as it goes down the list. Yeah. And 
it, it's super fun because this is where I learn like new tools. Not not only do you learn a little bit about the code base, just looking at these diffs, like you don't have to understand everything, but it's fun to see what files changed and in what ways, um, just to have a rough idea. But it's amazing the things you learn. I learn just from browsing that code. Maybe I don't apply them every day, but you know my bigotry toward equality comparer lives on because it's been proved a second time. So, you know, there's some reinforcement there and things like that. But uh, it's also funny to see the things that all the work uh, .NET has to do just to bring up a hello world. I remember uh, hearing Miguel ding, uh, bring it up before. He's like, you, you wouldn't believe what you have to do just to get, you know, the main function executing in .NET. And things you never think about, like enums, do they have to store their string values? Are those things available? Because those string values take up space. And oddly enough, yeah. they take up a lot of space. And so then you have reflection. If you want to support reflection, you're never going to get this thing down under a couple megabytes only because the metadata just you know the names of things takes up space and so it's funny to see the uh world we live in but i don't think we need to be under two megabytes obviously this is good for like um the web assembly kinds of things i i like reflection i like having all that stuff available but it it's neat to see these really confined ones working toward that well, the hope here that I have, and I could be wrong, but my hope is that as the team makes these changes and adjustments, we actually see that this impacts the other workloads. Like, not necessarily. Some of these things might be for native AOT specific um, scenarios. However, that could be leverage and hopefully more platforms down the road. And then additionally, there could just be some specific optimizations that roll out across the entirety of all workloads. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I'm hoping we're still going to see a lot of progress on that front. Uh, I was playing around with like, what is the minimum Windows app size I can generate? What is the minimum Mac app size I can generate with a GUI and things like that? And it's surprising how many of the GUI frameworks say, oh, you can run native AOT, that's fine. But um, uh, <laughs> what is it? You can't have um, linking, what we call linking. What do they call it? Trimming turned Trimming. on. Trimming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of the big UI frameworks don't let you turn on trimming. And as we can see from this work to get this under uh, 1.4 meg, uh, you need trimming. <laughs> that's a prerequisite uh there's just so much stuff included in .NET. i think the hello world win form self-contained app is over 100 megabytes because it's shipping all of .NET inside of a one exe and you really you re i'm hoping that this uh size craziness, the size optimization hysteria going through here will bleed in through to the UI frameworks and they'll get trimming working for those too. Yeah, that'd be super duper neat to see. Uh, I totally agree. Anything else in here that you're like, whoa, this is super cool as far as the pull requests go? Oh, <laughs> nothing, nothing always too terrible. But uh, can, can I mention the other pet peeve I have with AOT on Xamarin.iOS, you know, classic AOT. Um, 
it was always told to us, you cannot have generic virtual methods on your objects. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was, it was just a limitation of the runtime. And I once tried to ask someone like, why is that limitation there? And someone just rolled their eyes back so far in their head, you couldn't believe it. And it was like, you wouldn't believe how hard generic virtual methods are <laughs> because you got to have all sorts of lookup tables for all the generic overrides and things like that. And you have reference types versus um, object or value types versus reference types, et cetera, et cetera. All of that. And then some, some year it just started working, James. Do you remember? I do. And yeah, and I think a little bit of that was to get F Sharp working on it. Like F Sharp does this all the time, generic virtual methods. And I they had to do in in the same vein of all the craziness that had to be done for equality compare, rough same levels of craziness had to be done to support these things. But it's funny that little bit of advice, knowing how much effort it was for the runtime to do, I just always avoided them in my code like my personal code just it was always a background thought avoid them at all costs and if a design required one i would ditch that design and use a different design and then i would see library authors out there using them all the time I'm like oh no i want to <laughs> use this library that has it because i have such a deep down hatred of these things deep down fear of them um so it's funny to see yet again, <laughs> one of the pull requests or one of the um, fixes was avoid generic virtual methods in Enum infrastructure. Because, yeah, they're terrible. So I see uh, the .NET team is, again, sharing in my hatred. So I, I think the funniest thing about this whole PR is, yeah, these are things I've seen with AOT and things we've been dealing with for years. And... They're just, there's no easy way around them. Yeah, it's true. I, I remember back in the day, back, back in the day on the limitations of Xamarin iOS, that that list was relatively long and, and yeah. it, it, you, you didn't run into a problem until you ran into a problem. You're like, what, what's happening here? And it would give some, you know, arbitrary error or whatever. And like, sure enough, like you were doing something that just wasn't supported uh, and the tooling didn't tell you, obviously. And it always had to do something around generics and virtual weird things. Or I had one thing that was, it was like too many nested uh, tasks. Like I had too many async awaits that were like nested deep and like it couldn't unravel some stack or, or I was like something weird or there, cause there was generic. I don't know. It was, it was wacky. <laughs> Um, but then that list, yeah, really got smaller over the over the years. I don't even know what the current. Uh, let me look. Xamarin iOS limitations, uh, and I'm looking at the internal. So this would be the same for .NET Maui stuff. And there really there's okay. So limited mm -hmm. generic subclasses of NS objects are limited. Okay, I don't know when I'm doing that ever, but. Sure. Oh, I used to try. I used to try because uh, the, the build system allowed it for a little while. Mm. And then I remember when they actually forced it off. Uh, it's, you know, you're trying to write generic code, man. I just want to inherit from UI view controller and have a generic UI view controller. You know what it was? It's table views. I wanted the mm. generic type right in the view controller's type. So I remember when that wasn't allowed. And it's just limited. You can do it. There's a whole guide on how to how to do it <laughs> cor correctly so it doesn't do it. Okay, so then there's 
Um, no dynamic code generation. That makes sense. So you can't system emit. Right. And it, sorry, just to go back, I was going to bring that one up because I still don't know what the deal is with native AOT and emitting code. I don't know if they come with the JIT still or if they remove the JIT from uh, native AOT code. I'm assuming they remove it, uh, but I'm also assuming it's one of the many billion project options that you can specify. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. There are a bunch of AOT warnings. Okay, so there's limitations. Okay, ooh, and I got both limitations. I got you covered, Frank Krueger. Here we go. Okay, so let me get through the iOS ones really quick, and then we'll do, we'll do this one. Yeah. So let's yeah. see how they compare and contrast. So no dynamic code emitting, so you can't system remote. You can't system emit. Um, there's a whole thing on system emit, right? So the code that depends on runtime code generation will, it says the lack of system emit means that no code that depends on runtime code generation will work, which makes sense. It's ahead of time compiled. Uh, there's using delegates to call native functions. So that's not supported. So, uh, to call a native function through C sharp delegate, the delegates declaration must be decorated with one of the following attributes. There's a thing in here. That's more of like .NET talking to iOS and back and forth, right? Yeah, the native code interop. And mm -hmm. I, I actually want to go back to the emit stuff, but uh, okay. I'll, I'll let you finish the list. Okay. And then there is uh, reverse callbacks. So that says, you know, in standard mono, it's possible to pass C-sharp delegate instance to unmanaged code in lieu of a function pointer. The runtime would typically transform those function pointers into a small thunk. That's what it says. That allows <laughs> unmanaged code to call back into the managed code. In mono, these bridges are implemented by JIT compiler. When using ahead of time compilation required by the iPhone, there are two important limitations. You must flag all your callback methods with this thing, and they have to be static. So it's it's weird because there's limitations, but then there's like workarounds to the limitations. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is kind of fun. Yeah, and I, I've done that one. <laughs> I've done. I'm using code with that right now because I remember it's you you don't run into it very often but code that has native code that has callbacks is always been a little bit tricky in the Xamarin world generally try yeah. to avoid it but you always have to deal with it sometimes mm -hmm. so is that the list that's that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah that's not bad I mean no. like you said I, I remember when it was a lot worse and all that stuff uh, I should say that even they've relaxed the reflection emit one because you can emit pretty much anything these days and it runs on uh, get, don't get me started here but it runs on the micro interpreter the mini interpreter. <clears throat> that ships with Xamarin iOS. And that thing's been around forever, mostly to support libraries that just did emit because <laughs> a lot of libraries just do that and it was easier to make them work somehow. And so even in the AOT world, they would run a little interpreter uh, to interpret that code. But it wasn't even code, it was expression trees. It's a very simple interpreter. Yeah. That said... Okay. Well, that said, what's important is that they even make it very clear is like there is the lack of system reflection emit, which is not the same as reflection, right? Like the entire reflection API, including like type.get type, 
listing methods, listing properties, fetching attributes, that just works fine, right? So there, sometimes when see, people see, oh, system reflection emit, they're like, oh, reflection doesn't work. Like, no, that's not the, that's not the case. Yeah, otherwise, SQLite-net would never have worked. It's, it's yeah. used reflection since day one. Yep. Yeah. Generic reflection, too. The naughty kind of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. But then um, some years ago, we got the, the big checkbox in the project settings, which was uh, include the full interpreter with code. Yeah. And that lets you do even crazier stuff. So even in an AOT scenario, you can always ship an interpreter so that you can still have the dynamic capabilities of the language of the system. So I'm curious uh, what the deal is with native AOT there in that regard. And to your point, with the interpreter on, I believe Chris Hammonds, I think it was Chris, was it Chris may join like a a Xamarin standup like a long time ago. And he showed off the interpreter where he dynamically downloaded a DLL from the internet and then loaded it into a Xamarin iOS app that was... Yeah, I, that's why I can't believe I don't abuse it more than I do. I abuse well, it. You a can't small ship amount, that. But... You can't ship that to the store, though. You can't ship the interpreter. Yeah, well, I guess you could. But I don't know. It's, it's weird. Apple scripting rules change all the time. You absolutely can ship the interpreter to the store. That's perfectly fine. The rules are. The rules have changed recently, I should say, but I can tell you the old rule. The old rule was you can't execute any code that doesn't, that's not testable by them, that doesn't already ship with your app. But Mm. Apple has also relaxed that rule a little bit where you actually can. And then the rule was you could only execute um, code that the user has written themselves. And then I believe they've relaxed that rule <laughs> a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's all scary and you have to read um, whatever those terms and conditions we all agree to. Gotcha. Terms of service. Okay. What are they? <laughs> Cer- terms and service agreement. Uh, all those yeah, fun things. I got, okay. I'm yeah. on the native AOT stuff now. Okay. Native AOT is really fascinating because one, I didn't, I just learned this by reading the docs and the native AOT stuff, uh, will support mac os and dotnet 8 oh i'm using it i'm already using it oh of course you are you're frank krueger it, it supports it only on windows and linux in the first round for dotnet 7 but in dotnet 8 they added mac os support that's amazing yeah it was funny because um if you use dotnet 7 the tool doesn't actually complain it you can turn on native aot for mac it just doesn't work you know? Oh. And so it was funny. I would compile these executables and then I would actually go and uh, disassemble them and look through them. I'm like, why don't you work? You seem like you're very close to working. And so it must have just been like a few more months of work they needed to get it actually working. So I'm super excited for that one. Um, yeah. I, I always ship my apps with AOT on. So I, I would like to continue to do the same. Yeah. All right. Here are the limitations. Here we go. Okay. The first one is, I don't really think it's a limitation. This is more of a feature, but it requires trimming. You got to have the trimming on, which you said earlier. So they, they call it a limitation. I don't know if that's a limitation. <laughs> um, there is no dynamic loading, so no assembly load file. Okay. Can't do it. Not allowed to do it, Frank. Not allowed. Aren't it? Nope. Okay. Which makes sense because you would, you you know, that's where the interpreter in the iOS thing came in. It was the assembly yeah. load file, right? Uh, no runtime code generation, for example, system reflection emit, go figure. Uh, it says no C plus plus slash CLI. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, just no, huh? 
None. No. Not allowed. Okay. No. Says no. That's funny because I I, I kind of get why they're saying that, but I thought C plus plus CLI had a fully managed mode that would have worked. But okay, fine. No. No. Not allowed. No. Not allowed. It says no built-in com on Windows. You can't be interrupting with com. Right. With native AOT on, I can't interrupt with com. That doesn't make no any bi- sense. No built-in com. Mm-mm. Can't do it. That is strange. Okay. Gotcha. I don't know. Weird. It says implies compilation into a single file. I'm still so confused has... about the com one. I feel like if you create the type definitions ahead of time, like it doesn't care. Com is just a simple native API. Whatever. Well, it says okay. no. It says no built-in com. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. What's not? I wonder if that in. means when you import an IDL instead of, mm-hmm. or you import a DLL instead of having the code generated. Okay, we'll move on because obviously yeah. <laughs> that one's complicated. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, the other one was the implies compilation into a single file, which means that things, there's an API incompatibility layer there in the single file, which means assembly code base, assembly escape code base, assembly get file, get files, location, um, marshal, get each instance. There's some limitations there, basically. And then... I've actually run into, I've run into that one doing um, a MAUI app into uh for windows i was trying to get a mm. a single executable maui app in windows with native aot on and uh no bueno <laughs> uh yeah. there's some weird thing with the packaging that goes on and it just doesn't start up it acts like it's going to but it just doesn't yeah uh and then it says the apps include required runtime libraries which makes sense which now we know are super small for hello hello world um, <laughs> but beyond that it says the first release of native native AOT in Donut 7 has additional limitations, including that they should target only console apps, not ASP.NET Core. And then not all the runtime libraries are fully annotated and limited diagnostic supports. And that's it. Yeah, I, I would say the runtime libraries are half decent. Um, there's a very annoying, um, this is more of a trimming issue than the native AOT, but... Um, have you tried turning on trimming when you use system.txt.json at all? Oh, I do use system.txt.json, but I have not actually tried that it in a native AOT scenario. It throws up so many warnings, <laughs> and there is literally no way to turn off those warnings. And they're valid. I get where they're coming from. They're like, look, you have trimming on. You don't access um, this object any other place than this JSON thing. We don't know what to do. And my response is, just include the object. You know, when in doubt, just include the object. But yeah. they're being super conservative. Not, no, I I think they're still trimming it. It's, it's awfully confusing, but there are warnings, and you get a lot of warnings, and it's not altogether clear um, how you do, like, pr- preservation with trimming and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, when you're, when you're chasing that dragon of getting under two megabytes you do have to get into this for sure yeah anyways that's uh that's the comparison and contrast i still think they should ship an interpreter and here's the thing james i have an interpreter uh on nougat i should just ship mine and be like look now you can do assembly.load 
and even in an AOT scenario, it would work fine. I think I should I say do it. Do <laughs> it. I wonder how small it can be. I wonder how much reflection they actually leave in there. But that'd be fun. We should. There should be an interpreter for uh, .NET, especially since we're all switching to it. Even my yeah. Mac apps, I'm trying to switch to it. It's go time. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like it. Well, that's it. our uh, update on native AOT. It sounds like .NET 8. It's always the next version. It's going to be <laughs> having, having the one that's the real sweet spot here. Tiny executable size and, most importantly, Mac support. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm excited. Well, let us know what y'all think. Uh, are you ready to bust out your floppy disks? I am. I got a whole. I got a whole bag full of them. So I'm ready. I just have a slow internet connection, so I appreciate like the web assembly sizes going down. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ideal. Uh, it'd be so good. Um, also, register for Build. Build.microsoft.com. Advertisement. That's not an advertisement. Not getting paid. Just happen to work mm-hmm. there, but I'll be there. I'll be there in person, people. I forgot to mention that. Uh, you can come see me. Come hang out. Uh, I'll be hanging out. There's going to be like a cool podcast booth there. We're going to do some live streaming. We're going to be hanging around the .NET area. There's all sorts of good stuff. Check it out. It's free if you're in person. It's not free, but you can hang out. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Oh, and also, did you see that there's 55 AI sessions, Frank? Oh my gosh, I didn't see. Are you exaggerating or are there actually 55? No, 55. Oh Go my to explore goodness. sessions. Topic yeah. AI 55. I have to turn off my C sharp filter, I guess. <laughs> I like my C sharp mm-hmm. filter. Uh, 14 of those oh. are C sharp, 28 are Python. I'm only getting, oops, oops. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to use web, web UIs, everyone. <laughs> okay it's okay I, I i figured it out but i'm i'm getting between 32 and 43 <laughs> sessions yeah. so somewhere between 32 and 55 oh you probably got the digital you know path you got you got all the things on it so you got lots of things yeah uh, it's gonna be good i'm excited frank i'm excited oh uh scott hanselman's gonna be there with mark rasinovich Ros- that's cool they got a keynote wow look at them they're fancy. those two have a keynote i i did forget yeah. to search for your name are you doing any presentations <laughs> no i've never no no. no no actually let me look uh james <laughs> enter that's nope, okay. No James on there. I'm not there. I like David. Yeah. Well, somebody asked me. Okay, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, somebody asked me recently on Reddit. Um, they were like, hey, did you see this Reddit thread that was on me about me? No. How no. how narcissistic? No, it's not narcissistic. I'm excited to see. I didn't create it. Um uh, so, okay, so I am James. This is that, that podcast has ended. So um, here, yeah, there was a there was a a, a thread. Oh, boy. Um, I know who created it because they reached out to me on Twitter and I've talked to them a bunch. Um, it's called has James Montag Mango left the Don Maui development team. Oh, and that's uh, not at all was as expecting as a question. Okay. Yep. Yeah, see, it's not. It's not. I was not. So this, this, this was posted on. Well, uh, let me April... clarify from my perspective. Okay. James, have you ever been on the Maui Dev team? 
I have never been on a Maui dev team. I've never been on a Xamarin dev team ever. I've never been on the dev team ever. I have been a professional Xamarin developer for a company where I built all their apps. Yeah, but uh, you would need commas in different places to make that point. So, okay, this is just a funny question then. Has James James Montemano left Maui dev team? Answers, no. (laughs) My last name is spelled extremely incorrect. And um, so I would not have seen seen this thread if I don't, I'm not on Reddit often, but a few coworkers sent it to me. Yeah, Montag. I can't even say the miss. (laughs) I can't even say it. Mango. Yeah. Mr. Mango. Okay. I think that I, I forget if uh, who was it. Uh, I think they said their name in the chat who it was, but they've they've talked to me a bunch and I've had conversations for actually like a year or two with this person on or maybe longer on Twitter about stuff, um, which has been good conversation. But they asked, they said, hey, uh, James seems to be doing a lot more like Azure and Blazor videos of late. He's not on the Maui standups and he's not doing really daily videos anymore. What gives? Um, so um there was a bunch of conversation in there. Nobody knows um, all this stuff, you know, anything about me. Someone did say that they listened to our podcast. Um, Rocket did. And they said um, that I never said anything. So <laughs> I'll put a link to this uh, thread. But I wrote my life story. Uh, it's not really a life story. We did the life and time I of Frank. Greer. That's that. a better story. So I uh, did I read it right? I think I read it wrong. Um, I did a TLDR that is very long. But uh, I'll, I didn't I'll bold say it. you. I'll say you reddited wrong, and yet you have such a, a faithful support group that um, everyone welcomed it anyway because you never do talk about yourself enough. Uh, so it's perfectly fine. It, it's funny. Yeah, you, you just don't. You, you always give like the, the quick answer, but not the longer answers. And yeah. so I think you reddited incorrectly because I think you should have done a short, quippy cute little reply post that would have been redditing correctly instead yeah. you did um the, the proper thing and fully explained yourself so so heather she reddits and i was like hey i uh she was asleep so i, I woke up at like you know six in the morning and i had um like i like six six thirty i was like, doing stuff with the uh, uh the dog in the morning and I was drinking some coffee and I and and uh, waiting for seven thirty is when I feed the dog and give her insulin and stuff. And um, I'm always up early with her. And I got some coffee and I was like, okay, cool. And then I got a message on Twitter. I was like, hey, there's a Reddit thread about you. I was like, whoa, okay, like I'll go respond. So for the next thirty minutes, I sat down with my coffee and I wrote in uh, my my iPhone, my notes app. And I was like, cool. I just like wrote this all up. This looks good. And then uh, um, I was getting ready to make you know, brunch for Heather's on the weekend. And I said, hey, I, um, so there's this thread about me on Reddit. And she's like, interesting. Just kind of like your response. Uh, interesting. OK. And uh, and I said, I, I wrote a response. And she said, OK, cool. Like she was expecting it to be like a sentence. Yeah. And I a was Twitter like, here response. you go. And she, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, scroll. And she's like, scroll. And she's like, you can't. She's like, you can't post this to Reddit. She's like, that's not how Reddit works. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you got to at least put a TLDR on there. So I did a TLDR. And then after I posted, she's like, you also As know. the second bold. paragraph, let me interrupt. He put the TLDR at the top. So I don't I know, have to even read that first paragraph. I don't even know how to Reddit. I, I TLDR wrong. I'm an idiot. So anyway, so I, I at least did that, which is good. And she's like, your TLDR is way too long. She's like, it needs to be way short. I was like, I can't. This is happening. This is me. Don't don't restrict my TLDR. Um, 
But anyways, so here's the short, here's the short TLDR. The TLDR is that, that, um, um, my career, I didn't even need that first sentence that I've been a Xamarin and Donnie Maui advocate for 10 plus years. And I work with the PM and engineering teams. I've never been on the dev team. I am now a manager and I have been for three plus years working on building developer communities in and around .NET and adjacent products that we support inside of the developer division and beyond at Microsoft. So that's even a longer so than my TLDR. It's, it's hard to get a Microsoft person engrossed in business speak to say simple words. So I think that's yeah. all. Because <laughs> it's my career and journey. Well, it's just your career. It has evolved over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun. Well... Okay, yeah, it, it's it's so you to write a long version. I was a little bit afraid you were going to say that you use the um, Bing Compose thing to write your own biography no. here. So no. I'm proud of you for sitting down. I blame the coffee for the length, not you. It's obviously the coffee's <laughs> fault. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and, and, you know. So I I think that that was kind of to the 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 point earlier about different stuff. Is yeah, I've never I've never been. A core engineer on the product. I, I did lead the Xamarin Essentials project as the lead PM, and I worked with the engineering team, and I contributed a lot of code to that. So I have written code. I have I have like done a few a pull request here and there to Xamarin, like Android and Xamarin forms, like core, but like not not real. You know what I mean? It's like very minimal code changes. But the thing is, to your point about build, why is James not there? And you might be asking, where is the where is the James? Well, the thing is. Like, not only am I not just a manager now, but one of my big things that I really wanted to change and adjust over my years at working at Microsoft is really to become uh, uh, work, obviously, with a team and partner with the teams and the PMs and the engineers more and more, which is really why you see David and Maddie and the other uh, like Peppers and John Dick and other uh, people, uh, you know, um, um, Gerald, for example, right? Um a lot of them are just doing stuff on their own, which is amazing to see. And like, we talk about stuff all the time and Gerald and I are always talking about stuff and stuff that he's working on and, and Javier as well. And then there's core things where it's like, I don't know, why wouldn't the lead PMs and engineers of Don and Maui like hold the stand up, right? I'm just this, you know, I'm just this guy over here and, you know, um, you know, I'm a manager now, so I, I manage more. Um, but that being mm -hmm. said, you know, I, I still am a coder. I still code and I still do stuff and I do public speaking and I do videos on my YouTube and the Donnet YouTube and I do blogs, just not as active because there's other people that are, that are filling those, those gaps. And it's better to have many than just one person talking about a product, in my opinion. So it's a community of us doing it. And it's not even just, you know, people at Microsoft, people outside the of Microsoft as well. So it's cool to build that community and have a team that that's where our focus is. Every single day. That's me, Frank Kruger. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm not adding anything to that because I don't know much about you. We've only talked for the last ten years. I, 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 I try to limit my knowledge of you, but now I now I have a Reddit post I can read to really understand yeah. you. <laughs> That's all you need. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in. I will post that thread over on the links in the show notes. But until next time, and maybe at Microsoft Build. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.